Hey everybody, and thank you so much for taking the time to check out this first episode of Bad Movie Debate. I am your host, Jacob Babb, and before we get rolling on that first debate, I just want to sit down and have a little chat about the process of this podcast. So every episode, I'm going to sit down with the guests of the week, and we're going to watch a bad movie, a critically bad movie according to the ratings out there. So low Rotten Tomatoes scores, low meta scores, and low IMDb reviews and scores. And we're going to watch this movie, and then we're going to debate whether it truly is a bad movie or not, or if, uh, you know, critics are just being too harsh and it's a lot more fun and a lot more good stuff going on than they give it credit for. But to make things interesting and to keep everything fresh... No matter what my guest of the week says, I am going to argue the opposite of what they're saying. So if they love it, I'm going to hate it. And if they hate it, I am going to absolutely love it. That way, like I said, things are just a little bit more fresh and interesting and it doesn't get bogged down to an hour of people just talking about how good or bad a movie is because that's really boring. The show's called Bad Movie Debate, so somebody has to be debating. So if we're just agreeing the whole time, who wants to listen to that? That sounds terrible, honestly. But anyway, thank you again so much for taking the time to check this out and give it a listen. Hopefully you will be back and back and back for every episode as they get released. But for now, let's start with Tyler Eads as we discuss Alien 3. We interrupt your regularly scheduled programming to bring you some breaking news. There's been reports all over the area of something crazy going on, something big. People's homes, their minds even, are being taken over by something called, what is it they're calling it? They're calling it Bad Movie Debate. What up, nerds? <laughs> Welcome to Bad Movie Debate, the inaugural Bad Movie Debate podcast with your host, me. That's Jacob Babb. And today I have with me the incomparable Tyler Eads. Tyler, introduce yourself. What's up, everybody? Um, I'm here to talk about uh, the movie with Jacob. Definitely uh, looking forward to... Kicking this podcast off, uh, probably going to get my ass handed to me in debate, but that's all right. I'm here for it. Well, we'll see. Um, we'll, we'll see about that. So today we are going to be discussing Alien 3. It's a bit of a doozy. Um, let's, uh, let's, uh, before we get into that though, actually, let's, uh, let's talk about, uh, since we're talking about Alien 3, you know, we were debating, before the debate, the pre-debate, if you will. Um, what our top, you know, how are we going to, what's the genre of this movie? You know what I mean? So we were like, oh, is it horror? Is it sci-fi? It's a little bit of both. And we were like, well, let's just do our top five. Tyler, the genius that he is, had the idea. Let's do uh, just movies involving extraterrestrials in any any genre, just anything that involves extraterrestrials. So do you want to list yours, uh, your first, your top five, give yourself a little bit of pedigree, let people know you're, the real deal. Yeah, absolutely. I think that this list enhances this debate because while this is certainly, uh, I mean, I think at most a horror movie, um, 
it does really try to encapsulate what it's like to deal with, I mean, an extraterrestrial being. I mean, the whole entire series does, right? Um, of so course. I think, first and foremost, the best extraterrestrial, extraterrestrial film of all time is uh, E.T., actually. I, yes, it's a Spielberg family film, but my God, it just, that's, it just captures, I mean, what I think any of us as children would have done if we met a nice alien being and how we would have handled that. Um, number two is John Carpenter's The Thing, a uh, fucking perfect film. Are we cursing on this podcast? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. This is a, this is a, this is a not safe for work. Don't bring your kids. Also, there's gonna, also there's gonna be major spoilers throughout. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, uh, watch it before. If you don't care, keep listening. Whatever. Um, followed uh, by the thing, uh, or the thing is followed by uh, Alien. Um, followed by Aliens. Yes. Followed by um my. Hot take, Edge of Tomorrow. Edge with of Tomorrow? Tom Cruise, with, yes. With little baby boy Tommy Cruise? Yes, dude, that movie wow. is... Actually, okay, wait, take, 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 take that back. Oh. District 9 over Edge of Tomorrow. District 9 over Edge of Tomorrow, for sure. Oh, last minute change. Yes, um, yes, yes, yes. I mean, Edge of Tomorrow is a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be. Um, that, that is a good movie. Um. Still have not watched District 9, so I can't really weigh in on that one. Yeah, dude, that movie's fantastic. I know, I know, I know. I may need to update this list after I finally see it. But um, <laughs> regardless, um, good choices, good choices um, overall. Obviously, um, you have Alien and Aliens in there, so that's... Uh, so you, you, know, uh, you know what's going on in that regard. So mine... My number one is Alien, of course. The first one, the best one. It's amazing. That's just, everyone knows. It's just so good. Then my second one, my second one is The Thing. (laughs) What do you know? (laughs) Another absolutely perfect fucking movie. Just ah, so good. Um, Then I got, then I got me some, uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Another okay, Spielberg. Yeah. Yeah. Spielberg as well, but a little bit more serious, a little bit more, a little bit more heady based on a true story, <laughs> based on a true story. If y'all didn't know, look up, look that up. This isn't, this isn't a podcast about all that, but based on a right. true story. Um, then we've got, um, an oldie invasion of the body snatchers. Okay. All right. Yep. But I'm not I'm not talking about that 70s one about uh, consumerism. I'm talking about the OG <laughs> one that was okay. everybody said was about communism. But in actuality, they were like, uh, we just wanted to make a movie that was like scary and had had like alien weird stuff happening in it and stuff. The old black and white one. It is so good. I have not even seen that movie. It yeah, is so dude. scary. I have I've um, seen the Donald Sutherland one, but I don't know. Okay, so the Donald Sutherland one, a lot of people are probably going to give me shit for this. I have never finished it. I get about an hour in, and I'm like, I don't care anymore. Damn. I, I just Damn. I is, love the... It is pretty trippy. I feel like that's... This aesthetic is the main, main appeal there. Yeah, well, I mean, don't get me wrong. I The trippy part, I ain't got no problems with, because the, <laughs> the, first, the first one is ext- ext- extremely... Um, if I could talk... Uh, 
trippy in all that regard in terms of the plot and everything too but just man the way the story plays out and everything just oof so good and then uh one of the best movies ever Men in Black, number one. Oh, shit, dude. Oh, it's a just, great movie. My God. It's just so good. It's just <laughs> so good in every single way. Um, again, that's not actually what the Men in Black are, but again, we're not here to talk about all that. Look it up yourselves. It's a lot weirder uh, than the movie portrays it to be, but it's so good. It's just so I fun. To pick a movie uh, by the canceled Will Smith at this point, honestly, dude. That's just very bold of you. I mean, he wasn't canceled at the time and um he made and he makes this look good, you know. So yes. <laughs> it's just nice. I mean, what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to just disagree yeah. with that cuz he right. he does Tom, Tommy Lee look, you know, he's looking all right too, don't get me wrong. He's he's doing his thing, but you know, it is what it is. All right, so before we get into actually screaming at each other about this movie, we're gonna go over some of these uh these ratings uh for for uh, Alien Three. So Rotten Tomatoes gives it a uh, a forty six percent on the critic scale on the critic side. As pretty bad, especially for one of the biggest franchises um in the film industry. And then and by uh, the critically acclaimed Fincher at that point, you know. Actually, that's actually something I was going to bring up later, but I'll go ahead and bring it up now. This is his first. This is his first feature ever. Before that, he was just yeah, he was doing a bunch of shorts and a bunch of music videos. Like he did a bunch of Madonna music videos and stuff. But um, Mm -hmm. um, so this is his debut, and it was not great. So (laughs) imagine it was not received well. Imagine imagine if he had just given up (laughs) and all the things we would have missed out on. Like right. Yeah, yeah, it's horrifying. Scarier than scarier than Alien Three. Let's just go ahead and say that. The thought of that, uh, but nice. but coincidentally, forty six percent is also the audience score, which mm. I you don't you don't see that a lot. Where there's yeah, yeah. there's a uh, complete agreement between <laughs> the critics and the audience, so everybody's pretty evenly spread on this. And then IMDb is a 6.4 out of 10, which is only um, users. So it's a little bit more loved on there, but that makes sense. Metacritic, a 59 meta score and a 6.1 user score. So, you know, they're all, they're all, you're not, you're not, you're not passing the test with any of these you're getting closer with some than others but you're still getting a solid d minus um alrighty so speaking of those critics let's uh let's uh let's hear what one gentleman here had to say so Desson thompson for washington post says ironically alien 3 is not a bad movie in fact, here's the rub. It's too interesting to make an exciting summer flick. He huh. says it it's too interesting for people to like it. There's too much going on. There's too much under the surface for people to be able to fully engage is what I get from that quote there. Yeah, that, that's actually <laughs> I hadn't read that review. That's incredibly interesting, especially given all the context. That's very interesting. Yeah, exactly. There's lots of different 
context and stuff. I thought that was that was interesting as well. Now, this guy <laughs> has a much different opinion. Um, <laughs> it's just so good. James Barodelnali, Danili, I don't know, I can't really, his last name. Anyway, sorry, James, for Real Reviews says, quote, Alien 3 is, simply put, a mess. The writers have no idea how to tell a coherent, entertaining story. With the exception of a surprise or two, there isn't much worthwhile here. So one guy says it's boring and not that entertaining because it's too complex and too interesting. And the other guy says it's not entertaining and it's boring because it sucks. <laughs> that's right. Right. And that's and that's it. So we got a lot of we got a lot going on here. Um in the in the critic world which is which is fascinating um oh my gosh all right so with with uh that information in mind tyler what'd you think what do you uh what's your opinion well um i think that uh this movie is very bad um partially because um in align with uh, James' opinion there, partially because it truly is an, an, a complete incoherent mess at times. Um, and the other half of me thinking it's bad is, is because uh, it had so much potential to be, honestly, maybe my favorite Alien film. Um, mm. I, I think it certainly could have uh, been a, a masterpiece um, had... Um, David Fincher actually had uh, the threshold to work that he that he wanted to. Um, so it, watching it is honestly a chore to me. I watched it three times to prepare for this podcast, and every time I was like, "Damn, all right, I'm going to enjoy it this time. I'm going to have a, a good time. I'm going to appreciate the context. I'm going to appreciate cinematography. I'm going to appreciate yada yada yada." But every time, like a quarter of the way through, I'm like, my God, I want to stop. Please let it stop. <laughs> I, I, man, it just, it just fizzles and, and it truly disintegrates as a fucking xenomorph's blood through the subflooring of the Nostromo. Okay. It, Damn. it <laughs> is, it just, it just goes kaput very quickly for me. So I, I think this movie sucks. Wow. That's, Harsh words, <laughs> harsh, <laughs> harsh words from, from Tyler. Um, well, you're wrong. <laughs> Let's just say that. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Um, this movie is good. This is a good movie. It falls in line with the alien mythos in a way that is very interesting and honestly quite compelling when you consider the, the, uh, circumstances that Ripley finds herself in, in mm. this one in the larger narrative of the first two. Like, I'm not even... I'm going to try to stray from getting into the deeper stuff. Like, the only thing I'm trying to reference is one and two, you know, as if it had just come out and I had to have an opinion on it. Um, yeah. And um, that's just good. I mean, the it's not a coherent story. doesn't make any sense to me. Like, it's pretty straightforward like what happens and like the pacing and everything. And we'll, we'll get more into all of it here in a second. But 
I will. Uh, as far as not being able to pay too much attention, um, yes, I did fall asleep the first time I went to watch <laughs> it to prepare. <laughs> In my defense, I had just worked a five-hour week, 10-hour shifts, and then a four-hour shift. So I had worked 44 <laughs> hours that week and it was the night of the last shift and I started it late um, but yeah and it didn't I definitely fell asleep about an hour in right when you said it starts to fizzle out I definitely just, just on the couch um, so I had to get up and watch it again the next day so I could yeah. continue my uh, analysis let's say um, nothing like an right. early morning alien 3 you know yeah yeah, exactly. Um, I was rejuvenated though, so I was able to really focus and like, hey, like, like he says, like uh, Thompson says, it's too interesting to be entertaining. So I understand that. <laughs> that is too such such a bad appraisal. That's just like, yeah, you're that. That's that's like breaking up with a girl and being like, you're too complicated for me. It's like, no, that's not, that's not a compliment. That's no, still yeah. breaking up with her, man. I don't know. Right. I, know I mean, that. it's, it's honestly the, a really nice way of saying you just didn't get it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Just, I, you didn't get it. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not sure that uh, Mr. Thompson of Washington post got it then. If, if you, if you, saying that it was interesting but nonetheless nonetheless. yeah but nonetheless all right well since um since i love it you hate it um let me let me uh let me ask you uh this what uh what was your favorite part of it what did you like you mentioned you did like uh you said you really wanted to you said you really wanted to like it um so there had to be some some chunks of of gold in there uh hit me with some of those um, I think apart from one very specific scene, uh, the, the music is great. Uh, the score done by, um, his name is escaping me right now, cinematographer, uh, Al- uh, no, 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 some, uh, composer, um, Elliot Goldenthal, um, mm, yeah. was, uh, was really, really solid. Um, music was used really well and also silence was used really well in this film. Um, I love so I love love the music. Um, I just addition, one, one one quick uh, sidebar. Um, what yeah. was the uh, uh, what's that? Uh, you said all the music except for one particular moment. Oh, uh, could dude. could you expound on that for just a second? Because I'm very I curious. Would, and I don't want to forget. I would love to. I um, oh yeah, let's do it. Let's I, get I'd into love it. To. Uh, so the um, the uh, unsuccessful rape of. Um, Sporny Weaver's uh, Lieutenant Ripley when she is taking uh, Bishop from the, the trash pile is, first of all, a terrible scene. Truly a terrible, terrible fucking scene. The The set is great. It, the, the, um, the trash heap, it looks fantastic. The rain, the, I, I love the way it looks. But just the way it all kind of unravels is, is a terrible scene. Um, and the <laughs> the way that they 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 knock her down as if they're in the Adam West Batman um, <laughs> with very melodramatic like oof oh ah and then she yeah it might down. as well it might as well have had onomatopoeia like pow yes, like going and sh- well have. holy shit and <laughs> then fucking hilarious and then this uh, sex pistols never mind the bullets looking motherfucker 
gets behind her, and then some new metal shit straight out of 1997 roars in while the rest of the music has been very orchestral, very tense, very very nuanced. Something out of a corn album blares through into this, and this dude pulls down his cyberpunk yes. goggles and roars as if he's like conquering the world and he's about to to defile our our hero here and it is one of the worst scenes I've ever seen uh in a popular film. It's just way too tongue in cheek. It's just way too absurd. Um it, it almost makes me think that uh Fincher had recorded um something for a system of a down video and then just like use that splice it into <laughs> alien three. Um, it's terrible. And and that use of music is one of the, one of the worst moments in, in the whole movie for sure. For sure. And uh, that's, that's uh, uh, completely fair um, because um, I completely agree with that. There's really no debating uh, that in any shape, form, or fashion, <laughs> because it's it's so aggressive. The only the only thing I could say is, I mean, I hate that there was an attempted rape scene in it in general, but I mean, it makes sense for the context of where they are with uh, the double Y chromosome guys, their right. aggro and stuff like that. So, like, I mean, I get it in context, but like, good lord, they could have made it a little less new metal. I that that part had never <laughs> crossed my mind, but like, that's exactly what it is because I do remember uh, thinking, what the fuck is this music that's happening <laughs> right. right now? And then I. I um I almost had to take a break when he started to pull the goggles down. I was just like, "Are you fucking serious I, right now, dude? It's like, what terrible. is it? What does he need the goggles for? What is it? What? I don't know, man. I it's, don't it's know. Purely, it's it's purely just for aesthetic. Right. <laughs> well, because he makes he makes it thinks that he looks cool as fuck. Like exactly, and, like, and it's just so even even ironically, it's not a funny or cool thing for them to do. It no. was just, it was so off. Um, and, uh, yeah, no. And I, I, I do want to talk more about, uh, that scene, um, in a sec, but I, I did want to, um, yes, the other, yes. the other main thing that I did like about this movie. Yes. Is, yes. Um, obviously, I mean, the Fincher, the Fincher touch on this movie, um, and uh, the ambition in shooting the xenomorph in a way that hadn't been done in the previous two films. He really tried to do some incredible camera work. Um, sometimes it worked really well. Other times it looked really shitty, to be honest, um, which is another wreck that I have for later. Uh, but I think that this movie is filmed and directed in a very particular way that is very unique to the universe of... Alien, um, and, uh, really just, I mean, to the movie universe, obviously David Fincher is a very popular director and it's for a very obvious reason that everybody likes his movies because they look very different from everything else. So enjoy that aspect as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. You, uh, you, you're definitely right about that. Cause I had, um, I had written, uh, in my notes as well that, um, it's his first, it's his first one. And it's so interesting because it's like you can see 
what's coming later in his career already in his first feature, uh, his feature debut with this movie. Like, um, nothing particular is coming, jumping to my mind, but like, you can see elements of like seven and like the groundwork for seven, which is, which I believe, which I believe is his next movie or like the, or it's like his third movie. Uh, It's It's right after this. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So yeah, so you can like see that. Like if you watch those back to back, you'd be like, Oh yeah, these are obviously both David Fincher. Like there's no way. Um, so I definitely agree with you on, on both of those points. Um, <laughs> uh, including the, the negative one we kind of sidebarred on, um, as well. Um, on the flip side, uh, for me, something that I didn't like, um, obviously that the new metal, uh, music video that they put in there was not great, but, um, I was, I mean, obviously I wasn't a huge fan of the CGI of the, the Xenomorph, like those CGI shots of the Xenomorph, just they, what, what on earth, what on earth, what on earth were those? Cause you also could not only did the, it look terrible. I mean, I'll, I'll forgive them. It's like, it's a, uh, it's the nineties. So CGI is just now really becoming a thing that is like more affordable and you can do. So they're like, yeah, we'll do that. That's way cheaper than doing an actual prop or like a costume and like stuff like that. But like, it looks like it makes it look like the the Xenomorph is the size of a dog in some parts and then 12 feet tall in other parts. Yes. It, it is, um, it, it is very strange, and actually, you may already know this, but uh, are you so in the in the scene where they're trying to like trap it and it's chasing them through the like the little so that's at like they used like a rod puppet mm-hmm. and filmed the rod puppet separately, and then like I guess laser discs like composited it onto the recorded thing, so it's like. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a separate thing. And I, I was watching um, some like behind the scenes stuff about it. And it had never been done before in the film, which, again, super ambitious that they tried this. But yeah, of course, you're right. Like the way that it they had to, like, obviously upsize or downsize the xenomorph that they filmed, like with the puppet, like to mm-hmm. fit into the shot. Um, and sometimes you're right. It, it, you're like, holy shit, this thing looks like. The Xenomorph from Alien 1, it's absolutely giant. Like, it's bigger than a human. And then other times you're like, wow, this is actually the size of the Rottweiler that it... Yeah, it's uh, literally like, just just kick it. Yeah. Just, like, it, kick it away, and it'll, <laughs> right, it'll, right. it'll, it'll spin, like, right, run yeah. off. Like, <laughs> and you're like, okay, yeah. we're done. <laughs> it, it didn't... Well, like you said, I mean, it, it's early for these kinds of effects in movies, um... So, I mean, we have to give them credit where credit is due, but it, you're right. It does not work in a lot of situations. It, it doesn't scale through. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, I feel like, you know, perhaps when it came out, people were a little bit more impressed with it just because, I mean, obviously we have, you know, we have hindsight, you know, and like I was literally playing a video game yesterday that looked a million times better than that. And I was a right. Hollywood blockbuster of a major franchise and stuff like it's, it's insane. Um, but you mentioned speaking of dog, one of my absolute favorite moments and 
it, it, it I just one of my favorite moments that I thought was so good. The um the funeral scene where um when um Dylan comes in and he starts to have his religious speech because you know they all got their like religious like they got their religious little cult going on and stuff. Um that juxtaposed with the dog chestburster scene. Cause like first of all, like real quick, it's a it's a dog xenomorph. Like that's the first time we've ever seen that. So that's really interesting. And like, that's, that's shaking things up and it's like, okay, this is fresh, but it's still alien. So like, that's great. But his speech juxtaposed with, um, the chestburster moment when it like comes out and everything. Um, just the, like, like he says, like each seed promise of a flower, new beginning. And then like, it like cuts and it's like cutting back and forth as the aliens, like, becoming like fully like ready to attack and stuff is absolutely incredible filmmaking. Like if you just had that scene without any other context, that might be some of the best stuff alien had ever put out. You know what I mean? Like just that like 10 minute scene. It was so good. It was so good. I love that. I, I think the, the dog chest buster scene is pretty sick. Um, while I, like, I did think the juxtaposition was, was cool. Like, especially because, uh, what, Charles, Charles Duluth, is that, uh, Dylan's name? His actual um, name, the actor? I think so. That sounds yeah, right. Oh, no, yeah. No, no, Charles, Charles Dutton. Charles S. Dutton. That's it. That's it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. His performance is great. Uh, that speech is really, really cool. Uh, the set of the furnace is really, really cool. Um, but I have to say one of the huge, one of the huge problems with this film is the, the whole religious thing I think is utter bullshit. And I, I'm, I get, I'm so happy you brought that up. <laughs> I get that. I, I think that, and honestly, I'm, I think, uh, your choice of the, uh, the Thompson Washington Post, um, quote was really interesting because, you know, he says this movie is hard to enjoy because there is so much going on in the background. Um, you know, maybe that the, the whole religious context bullshit thing was, was part of Pinter's plan to make this, you know, more of a comment on society as a whole and how, you know, you have different sections of life that all intermingle. Mm-hmm. But, and I, I don't, I don't care if it was, you know, artistic ingenuity. I don't care if it was some grand statement just because you're making a statement doesn't make the art good. And I I think (laughs) the religion is so annoying. It's so like, Oh my God, it's so annoying. And I don't care. It does not make these characters interesting. In fact, I think it was, as you know, this, this movie had several different scripts. Fincher bought onto it before uh, bef- like when there was like barely even a script written, like two or three scripts mm-hmm. had been scrapped at that point. I oh, think yeah. they did throw the religious thing on it just because it's like, well, we don't really have time to write interesting characters, so let's just make them all talent. <laughs> I think that's what they did, and man, I, I just, ah, uh, oh, God, I, I think it's, I think it's truly one of the worst aspects of this movie. I, it, I, it is one of the things that absolutely ruined it for me. I'm so happy you brought it up because now I get to, I get to, I get to reveal, I get to reveal to you the point, the whole point of the fucking movie. You ready for this? Yes. All right. So alien one, alien, 
That is Haunted House in Space. You get right. the Haunted House horror, but we're in space. Aliens, you get um, like action war thriller, but we're in space. You know, <laughs> fucking awesome. Alien 3 is a Joan of Arc medieval knight versus a dragon tale. And that's why the religion is there, because the prisoners are monks. Look at the way they're dressed. They're all in robes and stuff. They're very zealous. They have their head monk and everything like that. But also consider the fact that um, and then the Joan of Arc, obviously, is Courtney Weaver's there. She's wearing similar clothes. She shaves her head. She mm-hmm. has like uh, uh, because like uh, Clemens, um, the doctor gives her uh, like medicine, but it like makes her more aggressive and she'll want to shave her head or, or the lice. That's what it is. It's the lice. Yeah, it's like the lice. lice. Mm-hmm. You, you need to shave your head. That's what it is. Um, but um, so like all of that works. But then the thing that really drives that point home is that when one of the characters, it's the scene with the candles when they're like lighting the candles and like they're yeah. doing work like lower and stuff, um, yeah. which is a great scene. And like the bloody faced xenomorph is horrifying. Like that's oh, so no, good. Dude. Like that's, that's just classic horror right there. <laughs> like that's some of the best horror in the movie. It's like, they're like, Oh, where are you going out? You know, they're making the dumbest decisions ever, you know, they're like, right, oh, right. We'll just go. you know, it's classic. It works. It's great. But the one who survives when they bring him into the uh, infirmary is saying that there's a dragon, that it was a dragon. There's a dragon on board and stuff. You know what I mean? So like so it's that's that's why the religion is so necessary, because it's a it's like uh it's like medieval folklore mythology with like a dragon and like knights and like monks and stuff tied in with a Joan of Arc kind of thing. So like if Joan of Arc's story was not just necessarily about like God and like stuff like that, but like she was literally fighting like a dragon as well. So they kind of mash those two together. So if you take out the religion in the story, there is uh then, then there is no hero's journey for her. There is no call to action. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, the alien's still there, but it's like, okay, she's just fighting an alien and stuff like that. And I think that's why Thompson's is like, it's too interesting to be entertaining because there is all this background stuff, but that gives context to that, um, that view. Like, if you look at it from that lens and stuff like that. And I think that is the most interesting lens to look at from. And full disclaimer, if that wasn't, I didn't notice that at first myself, but I uh, read some reviews and I saw it mentioned a couple of times and rewatched it. And I was like, yeah, that is absolutely like what this is like. And that's what's going on. So I don't want to take credit for an idea or say that was an original thought by me because it wasn't. Lots of people have said that before. I'm just expounding on it, I guess. So while I like I, I've definitely... I have seen those comparisons as well, and I think they are very interesting. I do, I do see a lot of the symbolism, most certainly. Um, but some of it's a stretch, in my opinion. Um, like there, I, I was reading this article of like completely aligning Ripley's um, whole journey with the Joan of Arc story, and mm-hmm. one of the main, and this is. Um, 
written by Scott Manning on uh, scottmanning.com. <laughs> if anybody wants to give my boy, uh, thank you, thank you, because he's he yes. worked very, very fucking hard on this article. It has a lot of information. Um, it's like a full <laughs> thesis paper, I swear to God. Uh, he mentions that uh, a huge aspect of Joan of Arc's um, journey and one that makes it makes um, it similar to Ripley's is uh, that Joan hears and heeds the commands of voices. That is why she did what she did. That was her call to action was this voice that nobody else could see, just her, um, mm-hmm. which, you know, makes her, I guess, like the, you know, the more or less the, the terrestrial tool of some, you know, divine being. Yeah. I don't think Ripley has that. Um, she, mm. she doesn't have so she, everything that she does is completely based on her own survival. Um, the, the example that Mr. Scott Manning gives, um, to compare Ripley's journey, um, to Joan's journey and the whole voice aspect is Bishop that Bishop's, mm. you know, retelling of, of the alien, like that there was an alien on board um, holy shit, you guys are actually being tracked by an alien, that that is mm-hmm. her version of the voice that makes her, you know, seek out the, the alien, the dragon. I just, I feel like that's a stretch. Um, so I, while, while I think the symbolism is truly there, you're right. Like a dragon is a very specific thing to call the xenomorph. There's no way that's just a coincidence, right? Like I think that yeah. that is, that is, it's certainly possible that that is. Yeah. It was definitely thought about. Yeah, exactly. Yes. I don't, I think you're right on that one. I just think that just like many aspects of this movie, while it hit the, hit the nail on the head in some parts, it never completed the thought completely on the Joan of Arc thing or really in any aspect whatsoever. Like every thought is partially fleshed out. Every aspect of this movie in my opinion, it's partially fleshed out, and that 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 makes it even more poor. Need I need I remind you of uh, Ripley's quote unquote, quote unquote death at the end when she t poses her way into into the furnace? How is that not sacrificing herself to save the many as Jesus did as a right. saint of God would right. young man. Did you, no. did you skip, did you skip a lot? Of, did you skip a lot of Sunday school? Did you miss that part? Huh? Uh, but what yeah. do you mean? They didn't, what do you mean? She didn't complete it. She literally straight up Jesus on the cross. T poses yeets herself into the furnace, saving, sacrificing herself <laughs> for the rest of humanity, quote unquote, the people who were there. At the moment, she does do that. You're right, and that is that is that symbolism is super sick. Um, that that death scene is super sick. I think that they did a really good job with that. And uh, yeah, it's fucking metal as hell. It's awesome. Yeah, dude, it's super metal. <laughs> Man, not new metal. It's it's no, like not, old, no like good Black Sabbath, good metal. Yes, yeah. Um, but uh, that is really sick, and I do think it supports the Joan of Arc theory. Um. But like I said, there was there are aspects of the Joan of Arc story that are not at all um, defined in her in yeah. her journey. And mm-hmm. granted, yes, it's a two hour movie. You know, uh, um, you can't hit everything. But I, I just think it was partially done um, 
as in I, I think the Joan of Arc plot comparison was only partially done because like I said the the voices were missing um her her religiosity is completely missing because Joan of Arc is a religious yeah. zealot I mean she yeah. in fact I mean Char, uh, Charles uh, uh, Dutton I, I apologize him Dil- Dylan's character Dylan, yeah. yes Dylan's character he even asks her she sits down at the at the cafeteria table with them which is Again, a mixed scene, in my opinion. Um, sits down and he says, do you have any faith? And she says, no. I mean, she is quite against religion, which is against the Joan of Arc story. Not to say that the rest of it wasn't purposefully aligned with the Joan of Arc story, but that obviously wasn't. So again, I really just think it's a lot of facets of this film were not completely fleshed out, which makes it a problem for me. Yeah, and I mean, you're definitely you're definitely not wrong about that. Um, but we'll, we'll I, I do actually want to talk about the um, that uh, that dinner scene or like when she sits Ooh. down, because um, I found that uh, kind of cool. But um, real quick. So, OK, so she, yeah, she doesn't have the voices, so she doesn't have God. He's like she's like, nah, like I don't like religion, like, nah, like fuck all that. Um <laughs> So, what if you flip it? Here's a off the dome bullshit yeah, <laughs> rebuttal right, to right. that. <laughs> um, she's an anti Joan of Arc. It's an anti Joan of Arc story. She mm. follows the same. She follows the same path in a way, and it's but like bust out of that character. But bust out of that character. But mm. it's like the opposite. It's because she. It's not. She's not doing it because she has so much faith. She's doing it because she has absolutely no faith. And she's like, I just want to stop this thing from fucking killing all of uh, humanity, and mostly me right now. I also I mm. I want it to not kill me right now. Right. Uh, right first right. and foremost. Um. So I think that. I think that because you were saying all that and I was like, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, that's all kind of that whole Joan of Arc thing's really not panning out. Huh? I was really into that. <laughs> um, so I was like, I was like, but then that thought I was like, OK, so it's you're like she doesn't hear God uh, basically is basically what you're saying. It's like, yeah, so it's an anti she's an anti Joan of Arc. Well, that is an interesting that is an interesting point, I think, because uh, cor- Correct me if I'm wrong, but Joan of Arc, a lot of her stuff is um, um, she's fighting against a lot of people who don't believe. Right. Like, isn't that part of what the fighting is? Like, it's like it, it, not a crusade thing, but some other kind of religious war, like kind of thing. I'm not sure off the top of my head, but um, regardless, I'm pretty sure that's part of it. So in this it's the opposite. They flip it. So she's has no faith and she's fighting to like kill the thing and stuff and like they have all the faith like cuz they have their own little weird yeah. um, religion and stuff like that so so they took elements of that story reshaped retooled it for a uh, beyond modern like postmodern world where people probably that's probably the only religion that's like around really at that point and like a big sci-fi world like that i feel like a lot of religion yeah. is we explore the galaxies and stuff will start to fall off. So it's like an anti thing. You know what I mean? And she's like, no, yeah. this is science. This is a fucking alien and we need to fucking kill it. And that's, and that's the end of it and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I think that's fair. 
I think that's certainly, I think you could certainly argue that. Um, and I, I think that is uh, certainly an interesting way to go about it. However, my final rebuttal to that would be if you're having to delve this deep into what ifs, does that argue more for or against the quality of the movie? <laughs> no, dude. That's a question, it's, dude. <laughs> it's, it's too interesting to be entertaining. And, and that's, you know, <laughs> Mr. Thompson of the of the post himself, if that is if that's the perspective, then that's the perspective. To me, it's too it's going in too many different ways all at once, and not getting oh, yeah. anywhere to be to be a good movie to me. There's a lot of there's a lot of thre- there's a lot of threads that uh, they start and try to wrap up, and they they don't do it very well. Uh, kind of like uh, kind of like uh, do you ever see Kong Skull Island? Dude, I actually haven't seen that movie. Dude, okay, so... I think uh, I'd be really into it, though. Quick, okay, you won't, because it's exactly the same <laughs> thing. It's the exact same thing. I actually really hated that movie, because it starts off fucking awesome. You have a killer cast, um, you know, like, okay. big monster, like, you know, they're building up to all the other stuff and everything. But they get there, and if you look at, like, the deeper level of stuff, like, they're tackling, like like zealot war people. And then like mm. Brie Larson is there and she's only there to be a strong female character. Everything mm. that she does, it seems like it's related around that. She's a woman, which is in my opinion, anti feminist, right? Like she's, right. she's, she's this, like the smart, one of the smartest people there. Great. But it's like, yeah. it's just like really focused on that. And like, there's all these different threads of like, like uh, something heavy. And they're like, Oh my God, you can, that it like yeah like just shit just just like shit like that yeah it's like all this stuff like they open all these all these like societal and cultural things that they're like quote-unquote talking about or like trying Mm. to like speak on and then Mm. and i'm like i felt like i was watching like 15 different movies yeah i'm like stick to one thing and this movie definitely has a bad job of sticking to one thing as well and that furthers my opinion of I, this movie could be so good. It could be so fantastic. It has so many good things going for it and it just falls short every time, which just it, you would think it makes it more in the middle for me, you know, like, Oh yeah, like I enjoyed it somewhat, but no, like it, it just gets nowhere on so many, you know, half promises that it, it makes it even worse for me. So. Oh no, absolutely. No, absolutely. Really and, um, um, going to that dinner scene real quick though, the only thing I really wanted Ooh. to say about that was when he's like all in her face and like, yeah, 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 like I rape women, I murder women, like <laughs> I'm big tough guy, you should be scared of me, and she's just like, oh, I must make you pretty nervous then, and then sits down. I was like, ooh, that's that badass Ripley I know and love right there. Like that was, I thought that line was sick as fuck. I don't know yeah. why, but I was like, that's, I was like, that is so fucking fresh. She's like, I'm not scared of you, you piece of shit. I fought these aliens many times bro you don't know what Absolutely. i've been through and i was like that's sick as fuck um i thought that was just awesome that's really all i wanted to say about that <laughs> um, Dude, i i i think that scene is really solid um and it does it does highlight badass ripley uh we'll say though there are times where they get a little lazy with the whole oh ripley's just a badass woman she can do whatever she wants and they make her do stupid things instead of like actually brave. Things. Like, what did she they, do that was stupid? When has Ripley ever done anything stupid, <laughs> sir? 
Well, specifically when she gets caught by these dudes in the weird new metal scene, the whole time she's being escorted and she knows she can't fight all these dudes off by herself. She needs someone with her. That is just common sense. She's able to <laughs> do the cafeteria scene because she knows Charles Dance is there. She knows the warden is there and she knows the warden's hand is there. Like, mm-hmm. it's still badass. She still confronts her, confronts this dude. She's still certainly in danger and she's willing to face that to a point. But when she goes out completely alone, that's not something Alien 1 or Alien 2 Ripley would ever do because it's stupid. You can't put yourself in imminent danger without a way to protect yourself. And I don't think she would. And I, I think they get to times where she does stupid stuff just to forward the plot and they disguise oh, yeah. it. Oh, she's just a brave lady. It's like, no, she's just, just getting dumb right now. It's like, no, that, yeah, no, that's just, uh, and, uh, I, I, I want to, uh, I want to disagree with you because uh, that's kind of the whole point. Um, I, I want to say um, that everybody's everybody's human and they make mistakes. Ripley's not perfect, but like that's right. a stupid fucking weak argument because yeah, she does do stupid stuff, yeah. uh, especially then yeah, especially that scene. That's the dumbest thing um, that she could have done. But again, they had to get that new metal music video in there. Oh, it was good. it was yeah. in it was in the only known only well known for his music video David Fincher's contract. <laughs> it had to have been because I can't. He had to it. get he had to get one one. He had to. Yeah, he it was he like it had it. to. I don't. I don't understand why else it would have been there. I like you could have. <laughs> he pulled an endless Frank Ocean and just did like this weird like half half album thing. Yeah, just get out of a contract. Yeah, oh, thanks, Frank. Still, still waiting on that next one, Frank. If you right, if you ever right. hear this, please, um, please, uh, I need it. Um, but um, but you mentioned you mentioned because I did want to bring this up because I mm-hmm. this was. This was something I um I actually hadn't seen Alien Three in a very very long time because I've seen all the movies and I hadn't seen this one in a very long time. Um, I forgot that Tywin Lannister is in this movie, looking younger, stunting, just yes, fucking beefcake. He's a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> my god it was just like it, it, he showed he popped up and i was like holy shit i forgot he was yeah. this move let's Same. fucking go let's Same. fucking go and he I is so good the only so thing good. is it's one of those things it's like like ripley never ripley seems to me like in the first two she's like pretty like asexual yeah. um you know, like none of that really matters and stuff. But at the same time, you know, giving benefit of the doubt, she's been through a lot. And Charles Dance is probably the most attractive person she's come across in a while. So I get why she was like, I feel safe here. This guy's taking care of me. Let's let's fuck. You know, right. I mean? right, right. And I'm like, because uh, at first I was like, OK, they're shoehorning in a romance. And then I was thinking about it a little bit more. And I was like, no, I'd, I'd, I would want to to get down after all that shit. And I thought I was finally safe <laughs> and someone was, right. uh, someone was willing. Um, my only complaint about it now is, um, that they, which is ironic. They didn't do a, a, uh, gratuitous sex scene. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, come on. Like the one time I want it, like, come on. And they right. don't, um, which is fine, I guess. Um, but I did like, um, about, uh, obviously, Charles Dance, he's amazing, and 
uh, it's just good to see him and stuff. But he uh, he's, he has an incredible performance. Obviously, Sigourney Weaver is great. No matter how bit, how, no matter how bad a script or a plot or a deeper meaning or anything is, she's great in everything. Um, always. Um, but then, but then he is, really is like stand out in this movie. He is. He's just so good in every every single scene. Fantastic. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm just being an American and his British accent is just fascinating me and I'm just enthralled with everything he says because of that um for some reason but um and so I thought and I thought his character was very compelling and I thought his character uh really worked in the context of uh Ripley and her experience in the past two movies especially because in Aliens um the I can't remember the character's name, but the guy who's like, no, 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 we're going to wipe him out. We're going to wipe him out. And just check on him and stuff like like, no, 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 you can trust me. Like, don't worry about Paul, it. And Paul, Paul Reiser's character, right? The cor- Paul Reiser. Guy. Yes. He the company guy. He immediately is like, ha, fuck you. Just kidding. Like, we right, got to get right. one of these and get out of here. Like, I don't care about y'all and stuff. And so, like, this is like the at least the second, but like third, fourth, fifth time um, that she's trusted someone and they, I think they towed the line very well with him of can she trust him or not and stuff because after, I don't after because after and then his performances because I'm like I don't know I, I do not know until until it's finally revealed um and uh because like he's got the barcode on his neck which right. I'm a prisoner to and stuff and she's like well what's all that about like he's like I'm not a prisoner and she's like uh <laughs> well, you're fucking, you got a barcode, so you have to be, right? Like, and he's like, yeah. well, well, it's not a big deal. Like, don't worry about it and stuff. And like, that's super ominous given her history and stuff. And then I think it's really well. And then, you know, we find out uh, what it was, you know, what happened. And, um, you know, that he was like a drug addict and he like, like accidentally mm-hmm. killed people for prescribing wrong doses, dosages and stuff and everything. And he's like paid his time. And this is the only place he could work as a doctor and stuff. And he actually does care uh, about mm-hmm. Ripley and um and everything like that and it's like that's awesome you're like oh thank god like whew, no one's gonna betray her like this guy's not gonna betray her finally and then you get a fucking psycho shower scene moment where the fucking alien is like behind the, the comes through the partition and fucking he just gets annihilated like sick as fuck like and it's just like yes. and you're like no no finally someone she can trust a man she can trust who has power finally Someone she yeah. can trust and like is on her side and believes her wholeheartedly and it just gets pretty immediately fucking destroyed. Like, and that is so fucking awesome. That is great shit. Like, so, so I absolutely love his character. I, I love his character. I disagree though. I think they took him way too soon. Way too soon. Um, oh, in the, I, in the overall story, like yes, in the overall story. Oh yeah. Sure, no, dude. Yeah, for yeah. Sure. They yeah. they did not they did not need to kill him in that moment. He first of all was carrying the rest of those pr- prisoner actors. Dude, they're terrible. They are horrible, horrible. And I'm not saying that they're bad actors. I'm sure they're fine. I'm I would be a horrible actor. Like I'm not trying to shit on them. But their characters are so annoying. They're like, they're like, like, um, I don't even know. They are, they're <laughs> truly just all mumbling idiots 
who look like they're out of, like I said earlier, uh, Sex Pistols, never mind the Bullocks, like skinhead punk <laughs> music video. And I get that's part of like the religious, they're monks and shit, but dude, yeah, they yeah, all yeah. look terrible. They're, they're all just constantly squealing at each other. They're horrible. Charles Dance is the only redeeming male actor aside from Dylan's character. But I think the only reason he, he was in there was because of the religious aspect, which I have already said is my least favorite part. So I think had Charles Dance been in there with her the whole time when they're trying to trap the xenomorph and they're trying to do that. Mm -hmm. And then he got killed more ceremoniously. I get it was a good shock moment, but yeah, more ceremoniously, it would have been so much better. It would have been so much more effective. It, it was just for shock value. And I get that Fincher loves to do that. I mean, oh, well, yeah. there's, there's like, isn't there like a, a scene in seven where the dude is forced to like kill a woman with like a knife attached to him. Like, yeah, he to has, a he has to, like, yeah, he has to fuck yeah. her to death, dude. Dude. Yeah. Terrible. Like, he loves shock value. So it's not that surprising. Oh, did but you realize that? Time, did you, did you realize that that dude is in this movie too? That same guy. Are you serious? I'm, I'm, Maybe it was okay, this movie, or maybe uh, it's a different uh, movie. Double check. Pull, maybe I watched something recently. Double but check dude, real quick. I, I may be wrong I about think, that. I don't know. I I think it, it it's it's a, a wasted opportunity for sure. Um, it was really frustrating. I also um, I also think yeah, I'm not finding them, but he okay. may be in there. Uh, maybe maybe I watched. I watched a lot of movies uh, around the time I was watching watching this one um, as well. But um, no, I'm pretty sure that's him right there. Danny Webb. No, that's not him. That's not him. Never mind. Never mind. I'm a moron. Anyway, forget I said anything. Strike it. Strike no, it from no. the records. Um, I, I just I, I think that I, I think that it was it was rushed. I also think that while I I I liked the romance between Ripley and. Uh, Charles, or, uh, Tiger Lannister. Um, <laughs> yes, his uh, actual while I, name. While, right, his, 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 his Christian name. Um, while I enjoyed their romance, I do think they shoehorned it a little bit, actually. You know, I get that she's been afloat in space and, I mean, under different hyper sleeps, if you're, if you're taking into context Alien Learning 2, for like 70 some odd years, right? Yeah, give or take. Uh, at, People have needs. Certainly, she needs some human contact, so that's not all that surprising. But part of yeah, her she character, needs, she needs some dick, right? <laughs> um, part of her character is still that you know that's not really something that she's focused on. So it was kind of odd for her character, but also I think if you compare it to like the spark that she had with Colonel Hicks in Aliens, you know, the dude from. Um, from Terminator, um, yeah, 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 yeah. his character, it's so much more organic in that movie. It happens very, very calmly, very, and nothing ever happens. Back, you know, like they they mm -hmm. like touch and you you can like feel that heat between them. This is she mm -hmm. literally looks at him and basically says, "Wanna fuck?" Like she just looks at him <laughs> and is like, "Are you attracted to me?" She might as well have just said, "Wanna fuck?" Honestly, I would <laughs> I would have had so much would have been better for yeah. yeah, it would have been better. It would have been better. Yeah, I, I just think. <laughs> I think they shoehorned it a little bit, and the only reason they shoehorned it was to have that moment of shock where yeah. they kill him off immediately, like, yeah. like very soon after they have sex, and soon after he has that incredible line of dialogue where he says that 
he killed all those people, and that's why he was there. Incredible line of dialogue. Yeah, just a great monologue by him. Absolutely. God. But right after that, we film. And it, it honestly, that's where a lot of the momentum in this movie c- comes to a very tumbling halt to me. Is when they oh, get rid it of him. absolutely is. Because it no absolutely one, is, yeah. No one can carry it. And honestly, Sigourney Weaver, great actress. I think she's just okay in this movie. I'm going to be honest with you. I think she's just okay in this movie. Mm. I do. Mm. I, I think Mm-mm. that they rely more on her being a bald woman with a lot of context to rely on. Uh huh. And I think I, she's just, she just doesn't say a whole lot. And when she is saying things, it's like, it just feels so out of character. It feels so disconnected. I, I just, I think she's just okay in this movie. And I don't know if it's her performance or if it's the writing. But, uh, do you think, uh, do, so you think this might've been a, uh, a, uh, a paycheck movie for her? Mm-hmm. Like she really phoned it in. She's like, I know Ripley. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. like I. So I'd originally, originally cash. I would have, originally I would have said yes. Uh, when you sent me the questions when I was to watch this movie and, and reflect that part, uh, I read that and I was like, absolutely, Sigourney Weaver just did this. She was a producer on this movie. Yeah. Um, you know, it all it all checks out, right? Like it all makes mm-hmm. sense that she knew that there was money in an alien dream because Aliens was one of the biggest fucking hits. Um, oh yeah, and then what? Seven years pass. I think eighty six to ninety. No, eighty six to ninety two. Yeah. I believe. Yeah, so six years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, something like six that. Six years passed. Of course, people are stoked. I'm sure it was Force Awakens level of stoke for this movie, especially yeah. in the nineties. Um, oh yeah. So I, I at first I did think she just signed on for a paycheck. However, I was watching. Um, part of the documentary, which actually you should definitely watch. It's called, um, Wreckage and Rage, I believe. It's oh, about okay. like all of the, all of, it gives you tons of context of the, uh, basically the production nightmare that was this movie. Like all yeah. of the different directors, all the different scripts, all the different, they, they, I think I read something that they had spent like, uh, I, millions, I don't know how, I don't know the exact number, but millions of dollars before the movie, like before they even had Fincher as director, they'd already spent millions of dollars producing a movie that, that <laughs> they wouldn't use any of it. So it was a production mm-hmm. movie. But um, when I was watching part of that documentary, uh, Sigourney Weaver talked about her relationship with David Fincher and how she uh, was meeting with him and she was like, okay, you know, David, wh- what do you see as how do you see Ripley? What do you think about her? You know, what do you want to see her as in this movie? And he's like, Oh, I don't know. I kind of wanted to see her as like this bald chick and I wanted to die at the end. And she thought that was so sick. She actually <laughs> shaved her head for this movie. Yeah. Um, and yeah. she was so down with Ripley dying at the end. And so hearing her talk about the character development of Ripley in this movie positively mm-hmm. and the fact that she was like fielding those questions to Fincher makes me think that she actually did give a shit about Ripley's character and did yeah. want there to be some you know, profound art in this movie. Um, so no, I, that was a very long answer of me saying, no, I don't really think she just <laughs> phoned it in for a paycheck yeah, uh, because of all that evidence that I just gave. But I still think her performance is pretty underwhelming, uh, especially in comparison to alien and aliens. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, and that's all, and that's good. I'm glad she didn't phone it in. Um, it's always 
so apparent and I didn't mm-hmm. think she'd, I didn't think she phoned it. I thought she was great as always. Um, but yeah, that is interesting. Um, I didn't know about all of that. So that is interesting. Um, and further proves my point that it's a good movie because she tried so hard. <laughs> um, but you know, a good, uh, a good, the best actor in the world can't make up for, uh, a flat script and stuff like that. That's so, fair. and, and, and the script overall is kind of flat. However, there are things about the script that I do really like. I think that they were they were going for the right tone of Dan O'Bannon, his philosophy on how to write scripts. The uh, like one of the original uh, um, writers of the first one. So basically, his whole thing is you create the conflict, and then you get to that breaking point, and then you keep pushing that same conflict into a deeper place. And then the third and then the beginning of the third act is like, are they going to fight or are they going to run away? And, and, and either or is, is the right answer. It just depends on what you do with it. Um, and I think that really, and I think they, if you look at the script and you read the script, it works and it hits all of that because it starts with Ripley coming to this planet, this prison planet so there's an outsider that's making everybody uncomfortable. Then by the end of the first act, the alien shows up and you have an outsider that's making everybody uncomfortable. And now they're in fear for their lives. So it's the same conflict, but it heightens and it the stakes rise dramatically. Um, and then they go through all of that stuff and then they have to decide if they're going to fight or if they're going to uh, run away and um, wait for the um, the company to get there and stuff. But, and so and then they decide to fight, obviously, um, and go from there. So I do think that the script structurally is sound and they held true to um, that uh, Dan O'Bannon philosophy, which all of his uh, he did total recall as well. Like the, oh, yeah. Yeah, the, the one with yeah, the one with Arnold and stuff and like. Mm-hmm all of those and like all of his stuff like kind of follows, follows that same fashion and like it really works and it's very compelling. But whoever got a hold of this idea and, uh, wrote on it, didn't, didn't make it as compelling because of characterization and like stuff like that. And just, and then honestly just straight up dialogue at some points, of course, yeah, uh, some, of the dialogue, some of the dialogue is not, is not it's not great, but great. it is what it is. Um, but yeah, honestly, I don't know. I don't. I'm, I really don't know. Uh, I really don't know where I lay after talking to you right now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a little bit more mixed opinion than yeah. I was because I was pretty. I was I was a truther for for a little bit, um, <laughs> for sure. I mean, yeah, that might have just been prep. For the show. Oh, here's something I wanted to ask you. Going back to Taiwan being a, a doctor. So when he um, first gives her that injection, you're a nurse. Uh, for context, he Tyler is a nurse. Um, he saves children's lives every day at work. Um, so everybody love him, please. Um, so he goes and he uh, goes and he like you know he rubs her arm, you know, like you do before you give a shot, like standard. Um, are you supposed to put a literal puddle of 
alcohol on somebody's arm before he, <laughs> to clean it off. No, I, had I mean, to go, I had to go back like three or four times and be like, <laughs> that's like an absurd amount. Like, it's like, it's like he took the bottle and just turned it upside down. And once it started to collect and her little, her little like armpit, like where your elbow is, the opposite side of your elbow, where they give it to you, there was a puddle there and he was like, perfect. Now I'll wipe it off. And get <laughs> shot. Like that was, uh, you're in the medical industry. I am not like that was ridiculous right did you even notice it or were you just like i don't think about medicine when i'm not at work i i didn't notice it because i i actually have to and this isn't because i'm some like magnificent healthcare <laughs> practitioner it's sure. just because uh, like if you've if you've spent any amount of time working in the hospital and then you watch movies with hospital work in it mm-hmm. you realize just how bomb it is all of it is yeah. hollywood it's so yep. <laughs> yeah yeah um, you have to so, you have to do uh, what is it uh um suspension of disbelief you're like okay yes. it's a movie it's a movie it's a movie I have, it's to, fine. I have to turn my head <laughs> off to it i really do because otherwise i'll be like that's the dumbest shit i've ever seen and it takes me right <laughs> yeah. out um yeah this movie and, and so the way he gives her a shot, he gives it to her in the uh, antecubital region where you have like a ginormous vein. Yeah. So he's giving it to her as if it's an intravenous injection. Yeah. But he like it's a fucking huge needle. Like he doesn't just like a muscular injection. Yeah. So that's not how that works. <laughs> like he could have um, just it, stabbed her with it and been right. done. And people. <laughs> They do that all the time in movies. Uh, typically, to give that kind of injection, you would need to go into like the shoulder or something like mm-hmm. that. But nonetheless, no, you're not supposed to like throw a puddle of alcohol. In fact, you want to let it completely dry because if it doesn't completely dry, then it hasn't killed all the germs. Um, and also, it's going to hurt like a bitch when it goes in there because that alcohol is going to touch the oh, yeah. opening that it, the needle creates and it's yeah. going to burn. So, uh, PSA, <laughs> if, uh, you go to the doctor and they're about to give you a shot of some sorts and they leave a puddle of alcohol on your arm, tell them to let it dry first, folks, because <laughs> that is not how that shit's supposed to go down. Okay, good. I thought that was wrong. Um, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I, I'm usually pretty good about ignoring stuff like that. Uh, right. but I was like, I, I was like that kid, like, holy shit. <laughs> like, I, I mean, cause he does, he, he wipes it all off, you know, and like when they go to do the shot where like, he's like actually injecting her, it's like dry again. But like, mm. it's just like a fucking, it's, just, it's like a two inch puddle. Just I'm like, third. it's true. Resting there. Just resting uh, there. Speaking oh my God. of absurdity, since you liked this movie, I wanted to ask your opinion if it's okay. If I can uh, throw throw a curveball in the of course, the it's a debate. Here. It's a um, debate. That's I, what we're here to do. I wanted to see. So you talked a little bit about like the scale of the alien and how it how it was super off in moments, right? Like where yes. one moment you're like, oh my god, this is the size of a seven foot tall man, um, and in other moments it looks like it's truly a dog. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think some of that was because like we talked about, you know, the, the scale that they put like, the puppet yeah. into was off sometimes, but also, you know, they used a puppet a lot of the times. Um, yes. and then, and they actually used a dude, a puppeteer from star Wars and new hope to do a lot of the puppeting, which I thought was really cool. Um, yeah, that's awesome. But then they also use a dude in the Xenomorph costume, like they do in alien one and alien two. Yeah, you can definitely um, tell that they do that at some at some moments. Yes. 
so I I wanted to so you're talking about that scene with the candles where yes. they get attacked, which I think has the potential to be a sick scene, but I think it's a truly terrible scene because it's very incoherent. Um, but that's not the point. Do you think that the alien looks good in that scene? Because um, it's it's the dude in the costume in that scene, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think, think I think. Relative to the rest of the movie, I do, especially the moment um, when they look up and uh, the blood is like dripping all over its face and stuff like that. Like that that close up is incredibly sick. And and honestly, it may just maybe it's just because it's the only shot of the alien I remember in that whole scene. Um, Mm. Because I really liked that scene. Like I said, like I was saying a little bit earlier, I thought it was just straight up pure horror filmmaking like you have like the like candles and like they're going out and they're like what's going on and like it slowly builds the tension in a way mm-hmm. that you would see in like any typical horror movie like that was right. the scene that felt the most horror to me like that scene was mm. just horror in a sci-fi mm. setting you know because obviously as we said alien always toes the line between is it horror is it sci-fi is it both right. is it neither like that one was just horror um, but it just happened to be in space and it was an alien, not like a monster or a killer or something like that. Um, and so, yeah, I think because I get the feeling that you don't like the way it looks in that scene. Um, I think I think I'm going to have to I'm going to say, yes, I do like it. But I think I'm going to have to give the caveat that it's the classic. Um, I'm just a human. I have a human brain. So the only part I remember is the last part that I the last part, which is the best part, which is the alien with the bloody mouth and stuff like that. Yeah. And then they and then next thing we know, next thing it's like there's a dragon, there's a dragon and stuff. And like that, right. like that last shot into that scene and stuff like I thought that all played really well um, and everything. Are there are there really bad moments with the costume that I don't remember? Because it seems like that's what you're about to tell what me. What I'm getting at. No, so that's actually not what I'm getting at. Um, I, I actually love the way the alien looks um, in that scene. I just think the lead up, while I, I do like the candles, um, I do like the tension. I think the lead up is bad because what in the fuck are they doing down there? It, it yeah. doesn't make any fucking sense, man. I, makes, I I watched it three times. I have no fucking idea why they were down there and what they were know. doing. They, and, <laughs> no then, and then, idea. so it, it's cool because, and in fact, I, I uh, rented this movie on my phone today and I, I'm literally watching the scene right now. So they're down there and they're measuring the lengths, it sounds like, via like they're, candles. They're measuring place. some length with candles for some fucking right, reason. Right. Yeah. With, yeah. Why are there candles other than to build suspense? I don't know. Why are they measuring the basement of a prison planet that they've lived on for an unknown amount of time? Like, like they, <laughs> yeah. why do they need to know at this point? It doesn't make any sense. Um, and then... The first kill is super sick because the dude, like you said, very typical horror, he's walking and there's water dripping to the side and he looks up sick. and it's water dripping out of the alien's mouth and Classic. then it tackles him, right? Classic alien horror. Classic. And it was great. It was great. But then the camera does something weird where the alien is like killing him off to the side. Uh-huh. And I think this movie is at its best and most unique when it has that Fincher gore, that like, yeah. body horror 
happening. And so the, the alien munching him off to the side just doesn't do it for me. So that's kind of a, a minus point for me. But yeah. when it gets really bad is when the two guys run away. They see the, the alien eating the dude and then they run away. And like we've talked about probably uh, ad nauseum at this point, um, this, this movie had really bad script problems where David Fincher oh, yeah. had filmed as much as he was allowed to and then basically left the project and then they had to piece together like what was left. So yeah. this scene really highlights that in my opinion because the running scene, oh, like when they're running away, doesn't make any sense. They literally run around these corridors like they're in freaking mm-hmm. Scooby-Doo. Uh, I was just like, about to say, you didn't like, like the Scooby-Doo door. running away? Yes. You didn't like the Scooby-Doo with the, with the bubblegum pop music? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You might as well have done that because they're running around yep. into doors and doors and doors and it doesn't make any sense. And then yeah. they somehow circle back to where they, their dead friend is. And it doesn't yeah. make any sense. It looks like they were running the complete opposite direction the whole time. And it doesn't make any sense. That's and Scooby-Doo. That, it's, it's Scooby-Doo <laughs> as hell. Scooby-Doo. And then, yeah. and then it, it takes me completely out of it. But then it kind of yeah. brings it back when the alien lifts the dude up and like bites his head off. Yeah. And blood like squirts everywhere and sick as hell. But I, it's, yeah. again, moments like that where I'm like, holy shit. The meat mm-hmm. is there. It, it could yep. be so good. These scenes are so sick, but the pathway in between is just a jumbled mess to me. It just doesn't like it. Oh yeah, it's it, it it does better as separate scenes and watching those scenes for what they are and just enjoying mm-hmm. you know the the, the picture um, mm-hmm. than it does as a complete movie to me. But no, I, I think that I think the costume overall looks good though. though. Yeah, yeah, costume definitely looks good. Um, <laughs> I'm a little upset that you brought up the uh, the Scooby Doo running away. Uh, I was worried that that's what you were gonna say because um, yeah, it. Uh, when I say I like that scene, I uh, I like it. Uh, uh, like the I like it as if the last shot was blood face, <laughs> and then we went to the it's a dragon and like in the infirmary and stuff, and like we could right. just put together because we're smart, like we're. We're a smart audience. People are smart. Like the other one of them didn't make it. Great. Right. Like, got it. Um, but you do miss on, out on that, on that, uh, David Fincher gore, which is, you know, necessary in a movie like this. Um, I would say, but, um, yeah, it's, it's literally just straight up out of Scooby-Doo. It's, they, it's so absurd. They might as it's well like, have been in a hallway running in and out of different doors. And then yes, one moment dude. they're chasing the, the right. xenomorph and yes. stuff. And then, yes, and then, and then they, yeah, cause it, it's, it's just so fucked up because like, it's literally, that's what always happens in Scooby-Doo. They run around, they do the whole thing. They have the bubble, <laughs> the bubblegum pop song. And then they end up exactly where they were when they started running. Yeah, dude, exactly it. It's literally, it's like, <laughs> it's like another part of the contract. Like, it's like, okay, we have to have a new metal scene. And then we also have to have a Scooby-Doo reference because yeah. uh, Warner Brothers <laughs> and stuff like that. Like, yeah, it's, it's for sure. It's, it's, no, it's 20th Century Fox. Did Warner Brothers yeah. owns 20th Century Fox now. When did they buy it? Did they buy it around this time? Because they own the IP for <laughs> Scooby-Doo. For Scooby-Doo, maybe. Man. maybe and, oh, my and God. If, and if, uh, if, if that's if why. If this is a Joan of Arc Scooby Doo crossover, then I'm fucking wrong, and this is a masterpiece of yeah, a movie. exactly, dude. That's what uh, that's what I'm fucking <laughs> saying, man. Oh my god! But show, um, dude. yes, you are 100 percent correct. Um, the context of the scene is 
I mean, there is none. Yeah, you don't know what the fuck yeah, is wider down, down there. there. They're measuring it's 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 like so far in the future, and they're uh, using candles to measure stuff. Like you would yes. think that they could just like like. I mean, obviously it's a rundown facility, but it was a rundown facility that's become a prison that used to be a giant furnace thing. I'm sure somebody could find some a, a fucking tape measure, <laughs> you yeah. know, like right. at least something, something like that. Um, so yeah, the context of the scene isn't really there. Um, you could say one could argue it's non-existent. Um, and, uh, but the scene itself and like the filmmaking of the scene and like the tension and stuff, um, is a lot of fun in that moment. And, and you know, I think, I think you're right about the overall, um, the overall movie is not good, but there's really good, moments uh like moments like scenes that are really good and stuff but then how those work in different contexts don't work like that scene mm-hmm. minus the scooby-doo part would be a great would be like a great short horror like film like yeah that yeah, scene i, I don't that, again, that and like without the scooby-doo and stuff like right. that's great right but like but then you put it in the context of everything else and it's like okay well what the fuck is this like what the fuck is, does this even mean? Um, so yeah, yeah, it's it's strange. <laughs> it is it is strange for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. Ah, mm, I don't know. You bring up a lot of good points. <laughs> this, maybe this movie does fucking suck. <laughs> Dude, I think it does, man. It does. I think this oh, movie fuck. might suck. I don't know. Mm, ah, I mean, let me just double check my notes and uh, make sure I don't have any. Any truth bombs hiding in here? Mm. Uh, um, no, that's no, uh, that, uh, that, that note literally doesn't even matter anymore because of what we've talked about. Um, so like that doesn't even matter. Um, yeah, no. All right. All right. So I guess, uh, I guess I guess I'm gonna have to concede on this one. This movie Damn, sucks. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> so shame. Stay tuned. Stay tuned for more episodes as I get roasted <laughs> on my own show every episode. Um, man, I thought I had you. I thought I had you on some of these points, but yeah, I think I think the good parts of uh, I think the bad outweighs the good just enough to to make it a. Uh, make it a hard pass. <laughs> but <laughs> but there, sure. I mean like I do agree with you that like it it really does have moments of true brilliance. Um mm-hmm. I I think Charles Dance was so good. Um just incredible. Just incredible. You know, and on this I think this movie actually has the most probably top five most iconic horror movie shots of all time. With, yeah, uh, the one with the the uh, up close to her and stuff, like that's yeah, everyone knows you, that. You can't you can't beat that. Um mm-hmm. I I mean that that to me that whole sequence is honestly like up there with, you know, Michael Myers sitting up in the background oh, and she's fine. Yes um, dude. of you know the uh of uh 
Jason Voorhees coming up out of the lake. Mm-hmm. And, like it is, mm-hmm. it's one of the most iconic shots of all time. And I mean, yeah. I, it, it really is a shame, um, that this, yeah. that this movie just, like I said, Ooh, I will, I will say, I will say about that scene. That scene is even more compelling when you realize that, um, that iconic moment is even more compelling. It doesn't kill her because it knows that there's one inside of her. Right. Right. Which you know, is, and like that is extremely compelling. Like once that once that truth bomb gets dropped on you, like near the yes. end and stuff like that. Um, and it really it enhances that scene and stuff. And that's and that's why I had a hard time like not liking it because there's so much good right. like foreshadowing, you know, like right. in, in it like um, like there's just great foreshadowing um throughout and that's probably like the most important example but there's all these little nuggets of stuff um that are just like so good and like make me want to keep watching even though it does start to fall flat after Mm -hmm. that scene and everything so like i mean writing wise like the structure of it they really tried to do the o'bannon thing um but they missed Mm -hmm. the mark a little bit just because of what was actually happening and how it was happening. But the foreshadowing is good with David Fincher. I mean, like, come on, like he, right. he loves to foreshadow, um, as we all know and love. But, um, yeah. And I mean, at the end of the day, who was even in that fucking movie besides Sigourney Weaver and Charles dance? Like who gives a fuck and, about anybody else? Yeah. Dylan's I mean, good I, too. Dil- Dylan's I do think good, Dylan's but, good, but his whole, <laughs> his whole his character whole. is, you know, with the religion thing, but he does deliver, uh, the, the best line in the movie, probably. Um, oh, yeah. when, when, of course, uh, the, the skinhead punks, um, fail to take advantage of Ripley because of him, um, which, thank God he saved her. Um, he says, uh, what is it exactly? It's like, um, I think some of the brothers need re-educating on, uh, <laughs> <laughs> on matters of the spirit and he proceeds to beat the shit out of them. Whack, whack, whack. Incredible, incredible lines, man. That's, oh, so yeah, That's good. pretty fucking sick. Yeah, you're right. It's amazing. Is, he, it's, he does do a good job. <laughs> for yeah. sure. He does. And I will say, and I will say one last thing I did really like, um, I, I, I just, I completely agree with you and your disagreement with that. Um, Bishop was her voices for the Joan of Arc mm. thing. Like, no, I did really like that they brought Bishop in and he like yes. uses him to like help her figure out what happened and stuff. And then I really, really liked when the company shows up and it's fucking Bishop. It's another Bishop. And he's like, no, 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 no. I'm not a robot. No, 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 no it's me. Like, uh, and then he's a fucking robot too. And you're like fucking sick. You're like, oh, fuck the company. Fuck the company. See, and that's another thing. There was great dramatic irony because the warden's like, the company's good. It's They're going to help us. And like Ripley's stupid. And we as the audience are like, uh, no, fucking no, no, absolutely not. Like, so there's a lot of good storytelling in terms of like the foreshadowing and dramatic irony and Mm -hmm. stuff. But it just I think it might just come down to the acting of everyone that's not Charles Dance, um, so Sigourney bad, Weaver, dude. and uh, and uh, Dylan. There, uh, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting your your actual name, sir. But um, but yeah, it's just every everything else is like I mean, even the warden, like he's playing a stupid warden, you know, like I mean, and he's he is a stupid warden, but like I'm just like I could 
I can like your character a little bit. Like I'm allowed to like you, you know, like as like an, as like your, your character in the story. So bad, dude. So bad. Rest in peace. I didn't know that that actor passed away a few years after recording Alien 3. Oh, rest in peace, Tim. But he's 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 very oh, bad in this no, movie. No, no, come on, you can't do that. <laughs> no, that you can't just like, just let me just talk shit. <laughs> just let me just do like a whole minute of like, yeah, this guy fucking sucks, dude. And just be like, uh, well, he died like pretty shortly after the film. Like, from from uh, complications of the film, actually. His, yeah. Uh, oh, uh, so he died for this role, is what you're trying to it's tell best me? This in the xenomorph in the xenomorph. Uh, uh, costume uh got him um Great. cool nice. i'm glad <laughs> rest in peace he, his, they, they didn't have to write his character like that though again i don't want to show on anybody's acting because i'm sure it's really difficult to be that but like they did not they wrote his character like uh like the the mawage guy from fucking princess bride dude it was terrible it, it was so bad it was he was this incompetent, oh mumbling. Oh god, dude, it was so bad. Yeah, he 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 literally was there. Just uh, that character was literally just there for uh, to further the plot, and he needed. He was he was there because I'm the warden, so I get to do whatever I want, and I'm not going to do what you want. There's conflict. Right. Anyway, right. I'm going to not then, be in a scene for 20 more minutes. I just need to right, come, stir dude. up some more some more interpersonal conflict. <laughs> And, and, stuff. and yeah. I mean, like, and the tension between him and uh, Charles Dance's character was super annoying. Like, it didn't, it didn't, it's honestly, yeah, stupid. Was, do anything for me. It just, I was no, like, oh, yeah. guys are bickering, and that's it. it uh, yeah, Clemens is uh, Clemens. Charles Dance there is a uh, uh, Tywin Lannister. Sorry, um, is is uh the smartest person in the whole movie. Absolutely, absolutely. like absolutely. Like usually, it's it's uh. It's Ripley, of course, but as we as we've discussed, she makes some pretty glaringly stupid uh, decisions and stuff. He's the only one that does everything right the entire time, um, and he get and he dies early on for it. Um, man, ugh, you know, mm. you know, I think I'm I think I'm ready to to have a final a final verdict on whether this uh whether this movie is film or filth or if this uh this movie fucks or sucks i don't know what are your thoughts i think i'm, I think I'm ready this movie sucks <laughs> <laughs> this movie sucks man i gotta i can't i think i think a, i think a, i think a 46 rotten Tomatoes score is right on the money i think yeah. i think the critics got it right i i understand the 46 uh, percent of people who like it but that 54 is heavy and there's a lot, there's a lot to, there's a lot more to say about how bad it is and how things fall flat. It's like, guess, I guess what I'm realizing now, it's like it had all the classic staples of an alien movie that you want and that you need to have a good alien movie. And then it somehow perfectly toes the line between not doing nearly enough to make it a good movie and then also doing way too much to make it a good movie. Yeah. So I think Thompson is right in the sense that it is 
that I, I'm going to rephrase him a little bit to say there's too much going on for it to be a good movie. Not it's too interesting to be entertaining. No, there's too much going on for it to be a good movie. If they had stuck to one angle. Mm, yeah. So sorry, Thompson from the Washington Post. You're you're wrong about this one, bud. I like to think he's like feeling like little twinges every single time we talk yeah. about him. Like, <laughs> yeah, we brought him up a lot. Yeah. An article he wrote in 1992 about <laughs> Alien 3. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, man, he's just like, what the fuck is even happening? Yeah. Oh my God. And he's like, why do I, why do I feel this way right now? Do you think had Fincher gotten the full, um, full reign that he wanted, do you think this movie would have been good? Oh, yeah. I think if he had been there from the beginning and stayed through it to the end, um, because, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just uh, he got the director role because he did the most. Right. Out of out of anybody else who came in and had their hands all over it and stuff. And um, but because he wasn't involved with the whole process. And like you said, they had to kind of like smash stuff that they already had in with his good stuff. You know, I mean, what what is that thing that people always say um, if you get. If you have nine pounds of ice cream and one pound of shit and you mix it together, you right. get 10 pounds of shit. So yeah. <laughs> so he put a lot of good in there, but there's right. just enough of shit to make that that ice cream inedible. Almost. Let's yeah. say. Not that I don't recommend everybody watch the movie. And if you have it and see what's going on and form your own opinions, of course, Um because obviously neither of us are experts in filmmaking right. and stuff like that. Uh, neither right. of us do that for a living. We just uh, obsessively watch all of them all the time. Right. Um, <laughs> and have a lot of things to say, which is why this podcast is in existence is in uh, everything. But yeah, man, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to dub you for this episode. Tyler Damn, is the, is the wow. current, currently reigning. <laughs> master debater. Hey. <laughs> Tyler is That's the master right. debater. <laughs> the master of debate. Master debating all over the place. All the all time. Over the place, dude. Constantly. That's, wow. That's you. Well, That's you right now. It is now. an honor, sir. It is an honor. I'm I'm I honestly I I feel good about it. I hate I hate shitting on art. Uh, because I do yeah. think that this, I still think this movie is worth, worth a watch, you know? I'm, Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm glad I, I'm glad I watched it, honestly, but it, it just, yeah. Good. Yeah. I, uh, cause, uh, I watched, uh, I rewatched every, a, everything alien, um, mm. um, all the way, like chronologically, I watched it all chronologically from Prometheus to alien resurrection. Um, Prometheus is not going to come up on this show because that movie's fucking awesome. <laughs> that movie's great. Um, that movie's that movie goes so fucking hard. Oh my god! But um, that movie's phenomenal. Alien Covenant's not very good though. Um, mm. just, I'll, I'll give everybody a one uh, two second opinion on all of those. Prometheus, absolutely incredible. Alien Covenant, great lore building, but fucking dog shit. Um, Alien, <laughs> the best. Alien, the best movie that's ever been made. Aliens, one of the best movies that's ever been made. Alien 3, unfortunately, very flat, but had the right idea. I have to say it sucks because it just does. It just does now. It just does for me. Um, and then Alien Resurrection. I don't even know about that one. We may have to talk about that one at some point. I got a lot of strong opinions on that one, too. <laughs> like, it's it's a strange movie, but like in a way that I like, like, but in a way that I also am like, why the fuck are these Guardians of the Galaxy knockoff 
fucking group of people in this movie. Like, that's what it felt like. I was like, so it's Guardians of the Galaxy, but not entertaining. <laughs> like, yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, so watch Alien, watch Aliens, watch uh, Prometheus, and then fill in the gaps yourself because you might be able to do a better job <laughs> yourself, uh, honestly. Um, uh, yeah, well, thank you. Uh, thank you for joining Thanks. me. And, uh, Thanks for having me making me regret doing this whole podcast since I didn't win the first debate. That's not good. (laughs) That's, that's, that's not good. Um, and for anybody who might, uh, be listening, um, don't know what we're going to do next time, but it will not be horror sci-fi or alien related in any way. Um, so you got that to look forward to if you don't give a shit about any of these kind of movies, (laughs) it won't just be me and Tyler talking about horror, which it very well could be, but, we're not going to, we're going to try to avoid doing that. <laughs> um, but, we, but there will be a great return of Tyler. I'll of course have him on again. We'll check in on him, how he's doing, how the babies at the hospital are doing. And, uh, that he takes care of cause he's a nurse. No, he's a nurse. Remember saves yes. life. Everybody <laughs> likes Tyler. Tyler's great. We'll check in on him and we'll talk about more movies and maybe, maybe next time I'll be able to, I'll be able to get my title, my title back as master debater. But for now, Tyler is the master debater and we'll just have to, we'll just have to go from there and I'll have to not fall asleep the first time I watch the movie. We're going to talk about next time with whatever it is. <laughs> then maybe Absolutely. that'll, maybe that'll, maybe that'll help. <laughs> but, but all right, y'all appreciate it. Tyler, once again, love you, bud. Thanks, buddy. I'm Piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hopefully that was everything you hoped and dreamed it would be. It sure wasn't for me. I lost on my own fucking show. <laughs> First fucking show and I lost already, but that's fine. That's fine. Keep listening and uh, I'll get better as a debater and uh, maybe I'll win a few of these every once in a while. Wouldn't that be Wouldn't that be nice? Um, follow on Twitter and Instagram at... Bad Movie Debate on both, no underscore or any of that fancy stuff, just Bad Movie Debate, all one word, all lowercase. I'll keep you updated on uh, when episodes are going to come out, maybe tease what they're going to be, all that kind of fun stuff, you know, keep you engaged on social media and stuff. But most importantly, I am going to put up a poll on both where people can vote whether a movie that we just talked about is good or bad and at the beginning of the next episode i'll go over those user uh polls and let everybody know what the what the masses think and everything like that so next episode we'll start with uh with going over that before we get into the next movie and the next debate about said movie once again thank you so much for joining me on this journey as i try to sound really smart about movies. Hopefully I will start to sound smarter and become a better debater so I don't just get flamed every single time. But only one way to find out if that is going to be the case, and that's to keep listening. So thank you all so much. Give a follow on all those fucking social medias or whatever, and uh, join us next time.